This is the Read Your Bible Podcast, the daily podcast designed to help you understand and apply the scriptures. Nothing will grow your relationship with Jesus Christ more than studying the Bible for yourself. I'm your host, Drew Tankersley, and for the next few moments, I want to invite you to join me as we dive into God's Word together. We'll ask God to help us see what He wants us to see so that we can be who He wants us to be. Reading from Genesis chapter 11 today, very familiar story, the Tower of Babel, and we read in verses 4 and 5 that they said, come, let's build ourselves a city and a tower with a top, with its top in the sky. Let's make a name for ourselves, otherwise we'll be scattered throughout the earth. Then the Lord came down to look over the city and the tower that the humans were building. Genesis 11 recounts for us the story of the Tower of Babel. On the surface, the story seems relatively innocuous. Here's a group of people who migrated from the east with the intent to build a building, presumably to withstand the kind of worldwide flood that their forefathers had been had just experienced. However, upon further investigation, their motives are far more nefarious. Remember back in Genesis chapter 9, God's command upon emerging from the ark was to be fruitful and multiply and to fill and inhabit the earth. It's almost a mirror command of what God told Adam and Eve in the garden was to be fruitful and multiply and inhabit the earth. Well, God's design was for humanity to expand and flourish. Uh, after the flood, and to repopulate the earth with humanity. And here we clearly see that these people in t- people's intentions, they're quite the opposite. In fact, their unity actually subverted the purpose of God. They wanted to stay together and be unified and not spread out. But their act was an act of deliberate rebellion against God's command to spread out and replenish the earth. You see, even in the name of unity, there was this inherent rebellion in their motives. The second problem with their construction was a relationship between uh, executing God's command to replenish the earth and giving up their own desires. You see, they thought that by staying together, they would make a name for themselves and therefore not be subjugated to execute God's command to scatter. If they were big enough with their own name, surely God wouldn't ask them to split up. They had their hearts set on making a name for themselves, and their pride kept them from doing what God asked them to do. Being more significant and more remarkable and more famous than anyone else precluded them from the command of God to spread out on the earth. They didn't think that that command applied to them. They were just too big for that command. This is a crucial point to consider because they saw their ego as more important than God's commands. The third problem with their tower building was the purpose for which it was constructed. Every tower or building structure of any magnitude that has been discovered from that period is rife with astrological and zodiac symbols. It's apparent that this tower 
was a temple for the heavens where these people would worship the sun god, the moon god, the stars, rather than recognize and honor and obey the one true God who created all of those things. You see, they'd rather they would rather the gods they would rather worship the gods of their own choosing, which is the creation, than the one true God, the creator of those things. So what can we learn from these verses? Well the answer is actually quite a lot. <clears throat> Our calling as Christians has always been to go. It has always been to make disciples and spread the gospel to the ends of the earth. Jesus made this abundantly clear in the Great Commission. His very last words on the earth. They were told to remain in Jerusalem until they receive power and then spread to the uttermost parts of the earth with the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This was the command for the Christian. Jesus made no bones about the fact that the disciples' responsibility was not to clutter together and stay together and cloister. It was to spread out across the earth and carry this message of the gospel that has changed their lives. You could even make a case that the persecution of Acts chapter 7 and following was God's way of nudging the church into accomplishing what he told them to do in the beginning, which was carry this message to the uttermost parts of the earth. So the people during the day of the Tower of Babel were told to go and replenish the earth, and they didn't do it. They had been saved from God's judgment as a result of being a descendant of Noah, and yet they refused to do what God had told them to do. Now as Christians, those of us who have been saved from God's judgment, our job is to go and be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. God expects those who have been saved from his wrath upon their sin to, again, reproduce and make disciples. We are saved from God's wrath upon our sins so that we can do this. We are commanded to be fruitful. Jesus said to bear fruit and spread the gospel message around the world. In fact, God enabled us supernaturally and uniquely to do this. He did that all the way back in the book of Acts. He enabled them supernaturally and uniquely through signs and wonders. And one of the most prevalent of those signs is the reversal of God's judgment here in this chapter in Genesis chapter 12. Because of their sin and rebellion, God confused their languages, causing them to abandon their precious tower and accomplish what God would have them to do. But then when you fast forward to Acts chapter 2, God enables them to achieve what he had commissioned them to do in that time by reversing that language barrier and allowing them to spread the message of the gospel in a uniquely miraculous way whereby everyone could hear the gospel in Jerusalem in their own language at that time. But even today, those of us who have been rescued from God's wrath, like these people here in Genesis chapter 11 and 12, have a tendency to cluster together instead of being obedient and spreading out. It seems it's happening on almost every level. I've seen it over and over and over again. When a church is growing so fast and the opportunity arises for them to plant another church, they struggle to branch out and start that church. When a life group is crammed into a home and it's ready to replicate, it's difficult to branch out and be obedient there. 
When a discipleship group is finished and the time comes for it to reproduce, they struggle to do so. Why? Because we all crave, crave sameness. On every level in the church, we all crave what we think is unity. We all crave the consistency of rhythm, of doing the same thing over and over and over again. And we shudder at the disruptive nature of different in our life. And it's been that way since the beginning. Even the clans and families of the book of Genesis struggled to do this. At the beginning of the chapter, they're told, we're told that they all had the same language and the same culture, and they came from the same place, which was the east. So they struggled to branch out of their comfort zone and be around the people that they are most like. But more often than not, obedience compels us to step out of comfort and to break the chains of sameness to do what God has called us to do. So as a church, as a life group, as a class, as a D group, we all need to remember that God has called us to replicate. And hear me, if we aren't doing that, it doesn't matter what else we do, we're failing at what God has asked of us. Our mission is to reproduce. Whether it's a D group, a life group, a church congregation, obedience means that we focus on replication, not comfort, not consistency. Unity is only unity when it is focused on being obedient. It's the purpose for which we're called that ought to unify us. So like these people here in Genesis chapter 12, our ego and our comfort often lead to our rebellion. Our desire to make a name for ourselves keeps us from humbly obeying God's directive in our lives. We must prefer to worship, we much prefer to worship the God of our own choosing that doesn't expect or command anything of us than we would worship the God that commands us to step out of our comfort zone and go and replicate. All of these applications are so clear to me in the church today and in our own lives. So let's be focused on replicating and spreading out and obeying what God has called us to do than being focused on craving the sameness of culture and consistency. Jesus, help us to obey you in this. Help us to worship you the way that you want to be worshipped and give us the courage to do what you have asked us to do after having saved our lives from the wrath on our own sin by your precious grace. Help us to obey you and forgive us when our ego and our desire to make a name for ourselves disrupts our advancement in your calling, which is to go and replicate. May it be our first priority. May the last words of Jesus be our first calling. We ask this in your name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today for the Read Your Bible podcast. For show notes to today's episode, please visit readyourbible.info. While you're there, you can listen to past episodes as well as access a host of additional resources designed to help you grow in your faith. It's all there for you at readyourbible.info. That's readyourbible.info. For more information about South Seminole Baptist Church, just go to southseminole.com. Join us again tomorrow as together we help you learn to read your Bible.